The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Let some things be retrograde. Do I look okay? Yeah, you look great. Does the podcasting universe care if I look okay? Never looked better for so. recording a podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right, guys, the time is now. We're here. We're recording our final episode of this iteration of That's So Retrograde. I'm one of your committed and loving host, Stephanie Simbari, and I'm here with Elizabeth Cott. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us today. Wow, we did it. We really did it. This is our 333rd episode of That's So Retrograde. That's wild. That is wild. Also, I feel like there might be like a number mess up somewhere in the catalog, a double download, a few that, that didn't make it. Why do you feel like that? Because my eyes saw it. Oh, so this isn't really our 300. No, like for the sake of this, it's three, yeah. 333. <laughs> Wait a shit. I also feel no. I, thing. <laughs> I also let's not forget the like 11 episodes we recorded before we ever went live to yeah. find our groove. Yeah. And a few that recorded that never made it. RIP. So sorry about those friends who were with us and gave their time. It just sometimes, sometimes we just couldn't make it work. Exactly. That's what happens. I'm really into like pulling the full curtain back today. Okay. I'm into that for you. Are you, is your internet good? Elizabeth's in the suburbs with her parents, so I can't tell if she's frozen or just has really good Botox. (laughs) It's the latter, obviously, but like also the first one. Um, Suburban internet, guys. Am I right? Yeah. But I did want to mention that the angel number 333 is, I mean, whether or not it's the exact correct number, I'm going to lean into the spiritual significance of it's the 333. Three, three, three. It's 333 three today. Because I feel like I feel like there's a significance that I'm not even totally aware of. I remember the Elevate the Globe girls did like a 333 series and I'm just like, they live on like a spiritual cloud. So I feel like they really know what's up. But I did do my own just Googling of the number 333. And the first thing that it said, which I love, is that 333 is an invitation from the universe to move forward. How great is that? I love How, it. How like perfect is that? It's also significant that you're attaining true alignment. And I just am like, you know what? That's like what this moment for us really is. You know, we started this show when we were... 29 28 28 yeah yeah 20 28 okay and now and now we're in our mid 30s for the most part we pretty much like kept it consistently the same format consistently the same ethos we've really had like a cohesive call it a brand you know like i don't know what you want to call it throughout all this growth. And I feel like that's pretty crazy. Like to go from being anyone who's going through the Saturn return part of life, late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties or older knows that those are some of the most transformative years of your entire life. And we lived that transformation out loud. We did. And it was amazing. And it was beautiful. We were able to learn so fucking much. In real time, While being recorded, I mean, I think I said this the other week, like, what a wild diary. 
I know. I'm like afraid to go back. I don't even want to. I'm like, burn the pages, bitch. I don't want to read it. (laughs) Fuck. But it's like, you know, sometimes I feel like I do want to go back because I feel like I need to relearn it all again because it was like, you know, when you're reading something out loud, kind of you don't hear it as much as when you're reading it in your head. I feel like that's like the Mm -hmm. analogy of what it was like to be the host of this show throughout all of our growth period where it's like so much information all the time coming at us. I feel like I'm only spiritually aware of the lesson, not 100% cognitively aware of it yet. And I would love to just have take some time to integrate that information in a different way. Does does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think one thing too that will never cease to blow my mind is how when we started where the podcast industry was Mm. and where the wellness industry lived, it was so, so much more fringe. Yeah. Basically both of them. I mean, people thought we were fully insane. I can remember someone literally being like, you're going to do a podcast on wellness. That's so dumb. And And I remember you're going to die alone at the comedy store. (laughs) And I also remember saying out loud for the first time that like I wanted to put fashion down and try to make a career in podcasting a thing when that was not a thing. Like, really, that wasn't a way that people were openly making coin. Like, it just wasn't coin. coin. It just like wasn't really a known avenue. And to watch the wellness industry explode and us talking about it as it was happening and doing that in the podcast medium like it 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 it's almost surreal how yeah both things just kind of exploded and i feel like we were just sort of like there to to bear witness and communicate about it in real time and it like what a fantastic experience yeah we were just basically surfers in the ocean of life and this wave came and we just rode the right wave at the right time. And like, it was crazy. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited for what comes next, but I think that how it all happened really speaks to like, you know, the thing of the three, 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 which is alignment. Like it all only happened for us because we were being really authentic to our own curiosity and our own calling. And like, that is like a lesson that I that I really have taken with me from this show, like in everything that I do. It's like mm-hmm. I especially, you know, I think one of my greatest lessons has been not thinking something needs to be hard for it to be great mm. or for it to be important and or for it to be something that's like worth working for or fighting for. And I feel like for us creating the show up until 2020, when things just got hard in general for everyone. (laughs) Like it was never hard, you know, the creation and the execution and everything just felt like so natural all the time. And it was like so fun. And we were like, the discovery people would be like, how do you find your guests? And it was like, there was never any resistance from the universe. It was just like all green lights. And I feel like that's such a lesson for anyone who's trying to create anything where it's like, if you're meant to be on that path and doing that thing, it will not be difficult. Will you meet challenges where there'll be things that you need to navigate? Of course, like we had to navigate, you know, different networks and trying to get into the ad game and trying to monetize and our personalities. Like, of course there was like challenges, but they weren't like, it wasn't like I felt like we were carrying a boulder up the mountain for seven years. 
Right. No, I I will say the, one of the most spectacular roses within this whole experience is just was the guest acquisition and how yeah. finding guests, we would have a conversation. We would mention, oh, we want to have someone on a numerology person. And then like a numerology person would like sit next to us at a dinner party or, you know, yeah. it was that type of serendipity that yeah. fueled the show that wow, like I think in looking back on that and like always saying on this show, magic, why not? Because I mm -hmm. love to see sort of like a whimsical level to anything. And yeah, there was so much of that within the fabric of putting this show out every week. And that it was never, I was never blind to it like it always sort of like and then those serendipitous moments would happen and it would like add fuel to the engine in a way that just like was a little sort of like tap on the back of like keep going keep going totally yeah and I think just in moving forward it's like I look I'm not I don't think either of us are like okay we're recording this hiatus episode and we're never going to look in this direction again I don't feel like that I always want to be like innovating I always want to be doing something new I always want to be I don't want to be doing what everyone is doing and I feel like at this point for us we just need some perspective so that we can create another brilliant thing separately and then together like what is to come of of this baby like I don't know like I feel like 2022 we could regroup and be like we're gonna turn TSR blah, 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 blah. I have no idea I feel like we created something beautiful and I want it to just like live on and have another life but like go off to boarding school and party <laughs> and get fucked up and like you know what I mean like I need it to just get mixed Absolutely. up a little yeah. <laughs> and I need myself to really, really, you know, meditate on like, what is wellness in 2021? Like, what what does it look like to care about health? Like, I just feel like the whole conversation is so different than when it when we first started. Oh, my God. I felt like it was just like hedonistic and sort of just when we began it, we were just like Googling things on my porch. And then that was really what birthed the concept. And then it was obviously being based in Los Angeles, we're inundated with all these trends. And so it was really this very, I don't want to say naive look, but a very like simple uh, curiosity of like, what's this all about? What's that all about? And, mm -hmm. and then as we got going, always I will say though, there was like a very discerning perspective too. Like we weren't just blindly following, we were curious with a level of discernment of like, what, you know, is this legit or not always? Well, I think we always just went with resonance and we were lucky that though we may have interpreted things in different ways, our resonance was aligned a lot. But mm -hmm. also if it wasn't, then we would like use each other as like, oh, red flag. Like, I'm like, I'm feeling this type of way. And you're like, oh, shit. Or you're like, I'm feeling this type of way. And it's like, oh, shit. Like there was always like a checks and balances of yeah. like, what was good, what felt good, what didn't feel good, what was interesting, what was not cool. Like, I feel like we just, I don't know. I have to talk about ourselves in the past tense. It's so interesting because I'm just like, how did we do it? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was like, it was just like kind of like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And another thing too that stands out in terms of the guesting of it all was 
really catching people in their infancy of their careers and watching these founders, you know, find their way into these mass retailers like Nordstrom and Sephora and, you know, seeing people get their book deals and their podcasts and really a lot of people's stories traced back to we were the first podcast they were on. And that was like, I'm so proud of that because you and I put so much, although it was so serendipitous, there was a lot of care and intention with every single guest that came on the show. And I feel like just this proud mama bear. Anytime I see the accolades that that former TSR guests receive, I'm just like, ugh. Literally, I was going to say, like, for some reason, I feel like mommy energy from myself. Like, I remember the first time that I saw, like, Four Sigmatic in, like, a main retailer. I was like, my baby. (laughs) I had nothing to do with that. But it was just like nobody was talking about mushrooms in 2015 like that. And then, like, they just blow up and you're like, holy shit. Like, it does feel like, yeah, we birthed. We birthed wellness. No. <laughs> we gave birth to a big baby who smokes and says shit a lot. <laughs> okay, friends, please join me in celebrating some of our partners. We're talking about Just Thrive Probiotics. A little while back, we had the founder of Just Thrive on That's So Retrograde, and I was reminded about the importance of gut health and how much gut health is linked to immunity. Preventative care is what it's all about, guys. So hot right now. So did you know 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut? And as I said, gut health is crucial for your immunity and 80 to 90% of Americans suffer from some sort of gut issue that's gas, bloating, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, acid reflux. The gang is all here. But guys, Just Thrive Probiotics are really stand out from the bunch. I feel like the probiotic aisle is so dizzying and confusing. And the thing that had me gravitate towards Just Thrive is that they have a ton of studies to back up what they're claiming to do. And their proprietary strains have been third-party clinically tested and proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut. Whereas According to research, 99.9% of the probiotics on the market die in your naturally harsh stomach acid before it gets to where it's needing to go. Interesting, huh? So Just Thrive probiotics have more clinical research than any other products out there. They're proven effective and work quickly. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy, sugar, and histamine-free and non-GMO. And I can tell you... From my own experience, Just Thrive Probiotic can make your skin more beautiful, support your sleep, and even help your mood. And they're safe for anyone at any age. That's kids. That's pregnant moms-to-be. They even offer a dog option. So give your body the important support it needs to feel your absolute best. Get your gut in order with Just Thrive Probiotic. And we have a cute little code for you guys. If you head over to justthrivehealth.com, use our code retrograde, you'll save 15% site-wide. And again, that is justthrivehealth.com. Use promo code retrograde and save 15% site-wide. We have loved Ritual Vitamins from the very start of recording That's a Retrograde. And it's been amazing to see their expansion while they keep their quality. If you don't know 
Ritual is essential for women 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual also invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of essential for women 18 plus multivitamin. Supplements don't need to go through clinical trials, yet this company has chosen to do that. And I think that that's incredible because it reinforces the legitimacy of supplements in the landscape of them being in question. So when we see clinical trials, we're stoked. Thank you, Ritual. Ritual was proven in these studies to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. The clinical study was published in a leading scientific journal in Frontiers in Nutrition. You can check that out out yourself if you want to. They are also traceable and you can find where your vitamins are coming from and what form they're coming in. They also have the bioavailable forms of the bees, which you know that I love. And let's not forget the tablet in there that gives you the minty burps instead of a gross tasting vitamin in your belly. So if you're not doing ritual, if you want to start doing ritual, take advantage of our code now, guys. You will It's a subscription as you probably... I've heard on the show, order it, comes to your month, your, your door every month. You never have to think about it. You're just always getting your multivitamin. Ritual.com slash retrograde. You'll get 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash retrograde. Check it out. I was reflecting on like some just favorite guests. And I have to say, favorite celebrity guest was probably Janine Garofalo. Ugh. That was Honestly, a guess. you guys, that episode should have been five hours long because it, she was it was five hours long it but just then got the, we we cut got the it. chop but yeah. I mean like what you didn't learn is that Janine Garofalo was also giving us a brief history of the United States of America it was like a history lesson it was a comedy lesson it was like she is such a wealth of knowledge and information sitting with her has honestly been one of like the true honors of my life yeah do you and have so, a yeah. favorite celebrity that we had on I'm honestly surprised you didn't say Terry Turner, but that's I know. Well, I was going to say honorable mention. No, crumbs left. <laughs> never throughout the history of the show was I more excited. I've never like, seen sorry, Marianne like Williamson. No crumbs yeah. left is here. And I love <laughs> her recipes. So <laughs> Elizabeth was like, not well when fucking Terry Turner gave her a, a apron with I her know, name with on it. She was like crying. It. I was like, is everything okay? <laughs> um, a favorite celebrity guest. I mean, honestly, to me, like all of our guests are kind of celebrities because they've all done such incredible things in my mind. But I guess in like the traditional sense, I would say I do feel like having Marianne on, like I, I wasn't really like a follow of her Course in Miracles. Like she, I mean, I knew of her because of you and because of Shannon and because of Kelsey. And like, I knew you guys got, went to all of her lectures and stuff. I, I didn't really, I'm not really like a follower of people. You know that, right? Like I don't, I don't like barely know who anybody is. But like, so I never like was like, oh, I'll go to that because it's just not really my nature to like do that sort of thing. And I didn't really get it because I didn't know who she was. But then after seeing her speak at Wanderlust and having her on starting to follow her on you know Instagram and Twitter and like really like learn what she was all about like 
I don't know, just being able to hold an intelligent conversation with her was something on like a, just a personal intellectual level that I was like, this is crazy. Like this person ran for president. This is like a very high level conversation that I don't think I deserve to be having, but seem to be having anyways. And for me, that was just like a personal, like, oh wait, I just saw you on the stage debating the presidents and now you're sitting in our podcast studio. This is something that like, I didn't expect to kind of like track in so retrograde land. Right. Yeah. Like I've been to parties with actors, comedians. Like, I, I mean, I love all those people obviously, but that's my world. So it doesn't really like give me yeah. that sense of like, we're stepping outside of the box in like a different type of way. And she's mm-hmm. such an inspiration to me because I feel like she's a genre breaker. Like her wealth of knowledge and her heart and passion, it's not just for one area of life. And I like I aspire in that sense to be like that. So I, I love yeah. that. I know. And it's so funny if I think look back, listen back rather into like the first like call it 10, 12 episodes, the amount of sentences of mine that start with, well, Marianne Williamson said. <laughs> and yeah. And then to have her, you know, on the show years yeah. later, manifest destiny in action, folks. That's what that yeah. is. I was a beneficiary of your manifesting Marianne, <laughs> and I am grateful for that because she's a really, really cool human. Yeah. And I will say also, I'm with you on the quote unquote celebrity thing, but I will also say that going to Fran Drescher's house in Malibu. Oh, was, oh, 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 I'm sorry. That's I'm <laughs> that was sorry. a moment. That was a that moment. was Elizabeth. That was the moment of all moments. First of all, we never talked about this on the show. Fran Drescher is a fucking icon. She lives in a, uh, can we say where she lives? No. Okay. She lives in a house. She lives in a house in a place that's like so iconically Los Angeles and is filled with 90s Fran Drescher iconography. Okay. It's literally like, I I can't explain what happened to my brain when when we were in there, like going into the bathroom and like looking at like the magazines on the side. And there's like stacks of like magazines with like her face on them from like the early, you know, the late 90s. I'm like, this is, this is like a weird fever dream. And then she take, we were upstairs in her house and we're like, I'm like laying on the couch. We're like waiting for her. We're just like in her house waiting for her for like an hour and a half. It was like. (laughs) Amazing. Truly an iconic moment. And she comes in in like a beautiful gown with no shoes on. And I'm just like, this woman and full face. I'm like, I want to be her. Yeah, I, I fell in love that day. That in was insane. Way. I forgot about that. I can't believe I forgot. I'm so sorry. You're right. I stand corrected. Sorry, Marianne. Move over. Fran Drescher's <laughs> in the building. <laughs> and she blew our minds. I have more questions for you in regards to moments. Do you want them? Yeah, sure. I love that. Elizabeth, what? the structure queen. The structure, the structure king. Yeah. Um, how about weirdest episode? I don't know, like weirdest, maybe like most random. Weird. What's Because I don't answer? think anything was weird per se, because I think like it had to resonate with one of us in our hearts in order for it to like make it onto an episode. I mean, the holding your vagina while meditating clips yeah, it that, one. 
That was odd. That was the new age. Yeah. <laughs> that was also it was weird because we recorded it in like the least new age place on the planet. That studio that we in were studio renting. Studio City. In like upstairs in Studio City. Like fucking what were we even I doing know. there? We were just standing there with our hands on our crotch. Yeah, and I th- and it was like we were okay. So that was a period of so retrograde history where we had left Embassy Row, and we weren't yet at Dear Media. And we were self producing. We, we had we had I think, I think we'd worn our welcome at Ramah Institute. Yeah, right. Because we'd been at Ramah for like a year, and then yeah. we got drunk, <laughs> and then Guru Jaggi yelled at us. <laughs> but it was all good. She was right. You know, yelled at us, and then you yelled back. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. And oh, I was I like, no, stop. This is the part where we just say sorry. <laughs> you just had like a rebuttal. Well, because I didn't rebuttal. know. I didn't. First of all, it's it's hard to be held to a standard of something that you don't know you're being held to. I wasn't aware of like the sobriety component of the Kundalini right, studio. Right, 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 right. I didn't even think that we were being disrespectful at all. Like, and that's what I, I wanted her to know that it was right. like. We weren't doing it to say, fuck you. If we had known that that was like your policy, we wouldn't have done it. So basically, when we did our biodynamic wine episode. Organic sellers. When we with we did a episode where we learned all about biodynamic wine, which I had no idea what that was prior to that episode. And now it's like everywhere. There's like specific biodynamic wine shops in Los Angeles now. I'm like a whole new level. We did a wine tasting on the stage at Ramah Institute, which is yeah. very apparently very strictly no alcohol, which makes perfect sense to me now. But at the time, it didn't cross our mind. And we got in a little bit of trouble. But that's we were okay. In Austin, out south, at, okay, we were in Austin, out south by Southwest, just ate an edible. No, we had gone to not, we hadn't just eaten an edible. We had gone to an edible tasting. So we with were like the THC with THC. The wasn't that the name of his thing? It's a, the THC chef. chef. Some yeah, but he has like a thing called the High Chef THC, something like that. I don't know. I'm not there sure. Was some like I was too high phrasing. to track his name. <laughs> and we were like high out of our minds. Our stomachs were raging with marijuana, and then we get this phone call from the Vermont Institute, and we're like, literally like kids in trouble. <laughs> Like whip from our mom. <laughs> yeah. I did not know how to handle that. But anyways, it was all good and all fun. That's really not why we left there. But I think after that, we were like, we got to figure something else yeah. out. For, yeah. For, for, for myriad reasons, obviously. We were like just there and it was just like dropping I in for I think we hour. overstayed our welcome of there was a lot of generosity with giving us that space. And yeah, we landed there and we didn't have another place to go. And then we were like, we got to. Keep it moving. Like, this is cozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we did the clit sit meditation in some random studio on Ventura Boulevard. Yeah, that and was fucking I, So weird. I think that's probably, I, I also, but I think for sexual trauma and healing, it's an a, incredible practice. It was just like really just the optics of sitting and holding our crotches. The environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That um, one stands wait, I'm out. Trying to- there's been times where we've recorded where I've been like, this is awkward Ooh, like because that. of the person being awkward. But that's never something I would ever share. Oh, I'm so <laughs> curious. I'm like, who was awkward? I just feel like, I feel like almost 100% of our guests were the most friendly, open people. The best. 
But once in a while, you encounter someone who's just like not that. Right. And that's life. And that's weird. Like anytime we've ever encountered someone who has like an ego about what they're doing, that's mm. when I've been like, I'm not digging this. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Actually, we never aired this episode, but we did go to Miraval in Arizona. And that was, that was an incredible experience. Like Miraval sent us there. We had like the best fucking time, like spas for days, biodynamic wine, meeting divorced, trust falls, fucking swinging through the sky, meeting divorced women who wanted to tell us their stories. Like Remember we walked in our underwear under the full moon with those like four like divorcee women that yes. were just like the sweetest people on Not the planet. All, they were divorcees and widows. Oh, right. Okay. Because their so people they had been were there for grief counseling, which is an incredible offering that Miraval has. I don't know if you guys know that, but yeah. check it out. Miraval was amazing. Never forget Octavia Spencer not wanting to talk to me. <laughs> what was the name of that workout we did next to Octavia Spencer? It was it's basically like Pilates on a surfboard. Yeah. A board Pilates, with bands. With bands. So it was like a giant surfboard with bands and you like did Pilates on this like band board. And it's hard. And you know when you're like working out next to somebody and you kind of give them a look like, oh, jeesh. You know, this We're is hard. Together, Am I right? right? Yeah. And we're <laughs> kind of like doing that. And Octavia didn't want to connect. I was. She was not trying to connect. <laughs> But I love her so much. It was rough. No, I love her. Big fan, but like. Huge fan of Ma. Throw me a bone. <laughs> throw me a bone, Octavia. <laughs> she wasn't feeling it. Um, But then we, so we went there because they wanted us to like experience the spa. But then what they really wanted was for us to interview Wyatt such and such, who was like the daddy of equine therapy. Equine therapy. Like the guy. Yeah. And we went and experienced the equine therapy and he was not having us. He was like, first of all, remember when I went, first of all, I'm allergic to horses. Okay. And I've known that my entire life because I went on like a horse journey when I was young and like literally had to be put on like a high quantities of Benadryl because my face and arms blew up because I was so allergic. So I've like made it a point to just like kind of keep my distance from the majestic beast that is the horse. I tell Wyatt this, that I might not be able to touch the horse, but I want to like witness the process. And he immediately tells me that it's because I have daddy issues. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Then I go and touch the horse and I do it anyways, just to prove to him that I'm like not trying to- you don't have daddy issues? I mean, jokes on me. Am I right? Um, (laughs) But he tells me this then, but in a very unproductive way, by the way. And then I go over and I'm standing near the horse and he asked me a question and I said something funny. And he's like, that's your defense mechanism. And it's just like, bitch, I'm so tired of people telling me that being funny is a defense mechanism. It's a gift, not a defense mechanism. There you go. Yeah. This is how I am. So then he like embarrasses me. Then I go do the fucking thing, put my hand down, and the horse takes a shit in my face. Do you remember that? The yes. horse took a shit in my face as I was touching it. And I leaned down to like try to lift its hoof up because that's what you were supposed to do. And he's like, if someone shit in your face, would you still try to be its friend? And like then was like kamikaze psychologying me. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, man. Like, 
I just don't want to like upset you. Is is this you proving my issues? Like, I don't know what's going on. That was a whole thing. Then you did it and you like literally like walked up, touched the horse, lifted the leg. It was like no problem. We were cleaning the hoof. That was the assignment, right? Yeah. Remember the movie 28 Days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's that. So and then but he said there was like something funny said when I did. And really, the only reason why I was able to do it that easily is because I watched everyone else do it. I realized the best practice and then I used that information and went with God. I remember he was mad at you basically and was like trying to shame you for doing Doing it quickly. I'm like, okay, so he's unable to be satisfied. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I go wash my arm because then I got like hives on my arm naturally because it touched the fucking horse. And then we're like, okay, we still are here to interview this guy. So we're going to, you know, bury our druthers and just recognize that he is a a well-respected practitioner. He's an author. He wrote a book about, he's like the foremost expert on equine therapy, which is so interesting. And I remember Whitney Cummings was like, you got to meet him. Like she's super into that. And she was like blown away that we had this. That was her Terry Turner. Yes. (laughs) And- We so we go to sit with him in the interview and he sits down and he's just got this fucking energy about him so closed off. And then I remember one of us was like, so like, can you tell us, can you kind of give us the intro to what you do and why and like what equine therapy is? And he goes, I talk about that all day. I don't want to talk about that right now. We were like, honey, that's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Babe. (laughs) (laughs) what like so then it was just that was that was one of the most tenuous awkward hours of my life yeah trying to get this man to talk about the thing that he's here to talk about on a show like why did you think you were coming into this room did -hmm. you think we wanted to know what did you what do you want to talk about sir like what it's just like and then it was like so choppy and weird and the recording was fucked up. Remember, they had to record it on like three different yeah. files. Oh, no, it was a complicated yeah. was scenario. A complicated scenario. So unfortunately, we never got to release the episode, but we did love Miraval so much. And I, I would love to go back at, at another time, but um, I shan't. We're now banned to. from there. I know. No, we're not. Miraval's great. It was just like he was not there to play. Yeah. And that's always a rough one. Just like. Yeah when somebody comes to be on the show to talk about what they do and they have trouble talking about what they do. Yeah. What about like your peak TSR moment? I feel like one of the best shows we ever did that will live on in my mind forever was um, Elisa Vitti at Caroline's. Oh my God, I was going to say that too. Oh, really? Yeah. That was was really special. Yeah. I felt like that was like exemplary. That's so retrograde. We were at Caroline's, which is this iconic comedy club on Broadway in New York City. And so it was like that, the comedy aspect of it. And then to have Elisa Vitti, who's just like such a force in her field of female biohacking, which it's like there's so few people who are leading the charge with that. So it's just like super high level, incredible information coming through that's so applicable to anybody with a uterus or some anyone who knows someone with a uterus. So it was just like hitting, like just all the info was just landing and the crowd was just like eating it up. And it was just like lighthearted and fun, but like so packed with info. And it was just like the best combination. 
you know what they say in the biz? We were just on. Everyone was fucking on. We were in the pocket. It was like the perfect combination of comedy and information and like crowd participation. It was like, and my mom's weird lover guy was there. He was like heckling us. He was heckling us. On a different level. And then he told me the best part of the show was the slit in my dress. Ew, ew. Uh, like, oh, and I was man. like, Jill, who's this guy? <laughs> oh my God. It's like now they're friends. So I guess it's fine. But I remember being like, ew, mom. Oh, time's up. I'm that guy. <laughs> Come on. Great show though. But that was that was a great show. Yeah. So I feel like that was like my the peak of like really, like you said, like exemplifying what like what really like the universe of so retrograde like is and was meant to be. Yeah. But I don't know. We've had so many. I feel like some of our even like some of our so house shows were really good. And like oh, that was yeah. so long ago. Like before we that was like a, you know, a training ground for the bigger venues. And those were our beta think, testing of our live experience. The highlight for those for me was the all of our friends, Jackie Tone, Hale, Appleman, Sean Scanlon, Kaylee, everyone who rearranged our song and sung it out loud, all of our friends. That for me was Chelsea and John did it. Yeah. Um, that was for me was like always a really fun element to the live shows where it's like tapping our friends with other talents to like get involved. Yeah. I love absolutely. That. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. That was that was always the best. Honestly, it's just so hard to pick because there's been so many cool moments and like everyone yeah. that we've had on has just brought so much just like light and 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 information and openness and excitement and just like the things that we've learned about and been exposed to are are really just people's passions and heart. And it's just fucking amazing. It really like, is. It's so cool. So it's all a highlight, really. Oh, hello. There you right? go. All roses. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to do a quick break with some words from our sponsors for today. And after that, our beloved tarot reader and friend to the show, Cardsy B., We'll be doing a reading for both myself and Steph and for the audience. So stay tuned. Okay, can we talk about one of my favorite discoveries over the years while doing that so retrograde? And that is weighted blankets. Good sleep is one of the simplest things we can do for ourselves. And Barabee's chunky knit weighted blankets are designed to help us drift off naturally. I've tried a lot of weighted blankets out there over the years. And I have to say, Barabies are my favorite and they're the cutest too. So here's the thing about weighted blankets. They are medically proven to help calm anxiety and promote deep restorative sleep by stimulating the production of serotonin, the happy hormone, reducing cortisol, the stress hormone, and increasing melatonin, which helps us to fall and stay asleep. They have a bunch of different options. I have the tree napper style, which is a cooling weighted blanket. And they just added a bunch of really cute fall colors. They come in 15 pound, 20 pound, 25 pound. I went for the 20 pound option. Really happy with my choice. Another thing that really stands out for me when it comes to Barabee is how mindful their practices are. They don't use harmful microbeads found in a lot of the other weighted blankets, nor do they use any plastics in their products or in their packaging. 
Farabee nappers are so natural that they're even biodegradable. They also have specially made kids blankets and they have travel blankets and a cute one that's made for two. So guys, let's all drift off to sleep elegantly. If you need something natural to help you sleep better and feel calmer, try one of Barabee's hand-knit weighted blankets. Find them on Instagram over at, at mybarabee and visit barabee.com. That's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com. They offer free shipping and hassle-free returns on all orders within the contiguous United States. And if you use our code retrograde, you will get free faster shipping. So use retrograde at checkout on barabee.com for free, faster shipping. And I just want to say thank you to all of the partners who've supported that So Retrograde over the years. We love you and couldn't have done it without you. Mwah. All right, guys, taking a break. This is the last break we'll ever take from this iteration of So Retrograde. And I'm happy to bring in Talkspace as one of our partners for this episode, because who will solve your problems if not us? It will be you. And talk therapy is an incredibly effective way to reflect your experience of being in the world, work it out, whatever's going on, keeping it inside your mind isn't going to make it any better. So let's prioritize mental health with Talkspace. Talkspace is an incredible online resource, and it makes it very easy to match with a licensed therapist. You can schedule live video sessions and you can chat from your phone and they use end-to-end encryption technology so everything is completely safe and stays between you and your therapist. You can start messaging with your therapist the same day you sign up for Talkspace. They offer individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. You can set goals with your therapist and they can help make sure that you're really progressing and they help you develop tools to cope in these very wild times. Things are divisive. Things are all over the map. It's stressful. It's unclear. Everything's transforming and changing. We got to process it out loud sometimes, guys. I know I do. I've recently returned to talk therapy and I got to say, I'm a fan. The tricky part is finding the therapist that works for you. And with Talkspace, there are thousands of licensed therapists that are available for you to match with. They're experts in so many different specialties, anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. You can try someone out. If you don't like them, you can be like, sorry, it's not a match. And you can move on and find someone who really resonates with you. So start with Talkspace today. Go to Talkspace.com code retrograde, match with a licensed therapist, and you'll get $100 off your first month with the promo code retrograde. That's $100 off when you use code retrograde at Talkspace.com. I love you guys forever. See you soon. The amount of talented readers and channelers that this show has brought into our sphere has been truly remarkable. I mean, the readings that we've gotten on air, whoa, and off. But like our grandmas have come down and visited us with messages on the air. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Thomas John. Is that his name? Okay. Yeah. That was the first uh, medium that we had on the show. Freaked my freaks. Not going to lie. Yeah. Because the thing is, is when you're having these sorts of readings, they're coming on the show to do their thing. It's not an official reading where we're paying them money and we're sitting down and having like a proper reading. It's like, give us a little taste of what you're up to, what you do in, yeah. you know, the final 10 minutes of our, this recording. And that was my first experience with any type of contacting the other side. And I was like, 
felt like I was left like cracked open and like my guts were out on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so intense. He also had a weird vibe. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> and then there was that other time that Rosemary Swift came, the founder Sister. of RMS Makeup. We loved her. My parents still use RMS to this day. Side note. Love RMS. Yeah. My parents yeah. were visiting from Michigan. They were in studio with us at, when we were recording out of LA Center Studios. And Rosemary Swift's sister, who's a medium, tapped my mom on the shoulder and was like, can you come out in the hallway with me? And she had like yep. a message from my Oma yep. for my mom. And yep. my mom would never seek anything like that out. She is like closed off to the other side, not trying to hang. And she was shook. Like, I yeah. think she still like is recovering from that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> five years ago. Yeah. But OK, so I digress. So I just, you know, just so many of these readings have helped kind of continue to charge and fuel that so retrograde and has helped us so much as we've had decisions to make around our growth and and, um, you know, what what avenues to explore. And so I just want to thank all of those healers who've played such a magnificent role in this show and and Cardi B, who has been fantastic to us. Yeah, she did a reading, a card pull for Steph and I and you guys, the listeners for this moment. So why don't we play that and uh, give it a listen? Hello, Elizabeth and Stephanie. And I just wanted to say a big congratulations on this new chapter that's, that's coming up. Um, I wanted to do a reading and pull some cards around the energies for the for the That's So Retrograde hiatus for um, each of you individually and kind of for the collective, for all of your, your listeners as a result of, of this big news. So let's let's take a look. Okay, this is, I'm like, typical. The first thing that's coming up, I always look at what comes up is at the base of the deck and you have the fool. And obviously this is a big new chapter. I think that there are unknown factors as well. The fool is ruled by Uranus and it's kind of like leaping into the unknown with kind of unconditional optimism and being able to take risks without fear and anxiety. And I know that's easier said than done. And in the traditional deck, it's um, this, this guy leaping kind of off this clip with this little dog at his side and in my deck I made this my dog um because uh it's kind of that feeling of unconditional trust unconditional faith in the universe and I feel like dogs really exemplify that babies exemplify that of just like this trust of like yeah it's gonna be okay and this is you know we're moving forward with our highest good I also think that the Uranus ruling of the fool is really interesting because when we think about the planet Uranus we think about and being the ruler of Aquarius and kind of this having a ripple effect on your listeners, on the collective at large, by you kind of being able to embrace the unknown, take a pause and pursue probably what is also in your highest calling individually and as, as a team in ways. So let's take a bigger look. Okay. 
So the first thing coming through is I see a lot of expansion and change over the, the next six months specifically. The first thing I'm getting is big news in Aquarius season uh, for one of you. Uh, it's something that has been a long time coming. Uh, the star card is ruled by Aquarius. And it's funny, we were talking about the Uranus energy of the fool. So a lot of Aquarian energy coming through. Um, so I feel like that that starts end of January. Between now and January, a lot of a lot of things in motion and something that feels like a big payoff, a big reward coming through an Aquarius season. And I think for just like everybody listening, this is kind of an indication that the things that we've been building and working towards, and there might have been some unknown factors, we may have been fearful to make that decision, make that call, make that change or pivot. Um, it's, it's really encouraging us to have the bravery and the faith of the fool to, to leap into that so that we can receive this. And I think if, if we do that and we trust our inner guidance system by Aquarius season, we're going to see some, some major tangible rewards. The other thing that I'm seeing with this is that it was, it looks like this, this decision may have been unexpected in ways. Um, I'm getting the, the four of pentacles reversed with this. It was kind of like unexpected. It may have been you were planned to go a certain way, kind of holding on to that calendar, that timeline. And there was this really beautiful surrender. And interestingly, like uh, the four, the four cards are all associated with the fool because the fool is zero or 22 numerologically. So obviously two plus two is four, the ruler of, of the four cards and four of pentacles in the reversal indicates surrender of something that even if it was um, unexpected or wow, we didn't see this, you know, we wouldn't have predicted this, I don't know, a couple months ago, a year ago, but now seeing I'm going to surrender and trust. And as a result of that, I think that's what's allowing a lot of this good news coming in in Aquarius. Um, but for both of you specifically, it feels like in the next six months I'm getting. So that would be, okay, we're in Libra season, September. Yeah, that could be Aquarius into Pi from now through Pisces um, as a whole. We're seeing kind of a lot of fulfillment and a lot of personal joy. I think definitely success and abundance in kind of the material sense of the word, but also I'm seeing a lot of personal fulfillment. I see travel for both of you too, of kind of stepping outside of um, your day-to-day. -day. And I know for many of us, obviously the state of the world has has kind of confined us to certain what, what's possible in certain ways via geographic travel. But I see both of you stepping outside of your comfort zone in ways that are really advantageous. I think, again, that's kind of like a calling. You, you, you are both such leaders in this world and kind of this like spiritual and metaphysical world. And I think that in the things that you have the courage and the tenacity to pursue, you then show as these massive expanders for the rest of us what's possible. So I think that the things that you're going to be doing, I see you both sharing very publicly this journey over the next six months, and it's going to be such an expander for so many of us outside energies coming in. Um, there is, um, and I think this might just be any fears, even though, you know, we have the fool, it's so easy to be like, yeah, just take the leap and like with unconditional faith. But I think there might be some old egoic fears, like historic things that were beliefs in the past that, you know, it's like your ego trying to protect and preserve what, uh, what it knows and kind of its comfort zone. But I'm, I'm getting that there's something specifically, even in the next week, kind of in this first part, of Libra season, that's going to feel like a huge relief. And that may even be after like this episode, the, the last episode before the hiatus airs, it might be like, wow, okay, we did it. We committed to this. We chose our choice and we're, we're moving forward. Eight of, eight of swords showing up with this. I feel like in the next eight days from this episode, a lot of relief and release. I think a lot of us are feeling that even in the transition from Virgo season into Libra season, a lot of that 
inspiration that we felt in Virgo of, you know, the kind of that grounded, hardworking energy. And in the tarot, it's the hermit of kind of like going within to make the the decisions that are in our highest good. Um, And now Libra really putting it into action. So I feel like this is a very freeing energy that both of you are going to experience. And again, because of the the astrological timing of this for for all of us over the next eight days of seeing a big impact of this. Um, I also feel like I'm getting as your your outcome, um, five of wands reversed and uh, Knight of Pentacles. So five of wands reversed, the next month, month and a half as a whole is going to feel um, a lot easier. I always like the reversal of all the five cards, especially with five of wands. It's kind of like something that has felt like a battle, like you're trudging through and you're succeeding, but it's felt like work is now starting to feel a lot easier. Um, so I think that you're going to see that from this, honestly, from this week of the eight of swords energy with that release into the next month. So this this time in, in October, you know, end of Libra through Scorpio, a lot, um, a lot more ease in in the day to day, a lot more ease around creation specifically as well. So things you're creating, things you're um, working on moving forward of uh, to create and put out to the world. And then um, this with the the Knight of Pentacles, I love could not end on a better card um, around kind of this this episode, the two of you and collective energies. Knight of Pentacles is the card I um, created as Mindy Kaling in the Badass Bitches Tarot. And this is because it is the success against all odds card. And it's often deserved and unpredicted success. So, you know, a lot of people look at Mindy Kaling and she's talked about this in interviews of, you know, she quote unquote, shouldn't be the successful given her age, her ethnicity, her gender in Hollywood, but she kept persevering and just kind of listening to her inner knowing that this is her path. This is her passion. So I think that things that may have been on hold for, for the two of you and for a lot of us that may have been like, I know that I'm meant to to do this. I know that I'm being called to do this, but doors have been shut in the past. Now we're really seeing the, the turn to double down on that passion, on that kind of inner GPS knowing and be rewarded for that. I even feel in a big way by the next, because of the earth ruling of, of Knight of Pentacles and the strong earth energy by the next earth season. So Capricorn, and again, we're seeing a lot of Aquarian ruled cards, Capricorn, Aquarius, big tangible green lights and payoffs coming through. Um, so I hope that this uh, g- gives a little bit of insight. I know that I selfishly will obviously miss you guys in the hiatus, but I'm so excited for what's being birthed as a result of you both trusting your inner knowing and the path that's guiding you forward. Um, love you both so much. Congratulations. And thank you. Okay. Any thoughts on that stuff? I mean, I always pull a full card, which I think is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel like we have an exciting opportunity now per the reading to joyfully discover another version of who we are from that's a retrograde, if that makes sense. Yes. Also, shout out to Aether Beauty and shout out to Lord Jones, because I feel like those were two like people who came in really early with something that we hadn't really considered before. One being like conscious beauty and another being the big daddy on campus now, CBD. Mm hmm. I mean, we were sitting at the desk of the cannabis uprising. Sitting at the desk. I love that phrase. Oh, thanks. Taking a meeting. <laughs> Taking a meeting with cannabis. Um, <laughs> we're buying it. We're here. 
to consume it. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like that we were was at the like, conference. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I was there. It was eighth grade. I was in the back of a car. No. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm just I'm going through it now in real time being like, whoa, like head of head of the game on certain things. Yeah. Here. Well, I really think, you know, to that with the the THC conversation and the CBD conversation, like those laws shifted mm-hmm. while doing the show. I mean, gay marriage was legalized on a day that we were recording this show. And That's I will so never wild. forget that. Also was just thinking about the fact that probably soon, maybe not in this hiatus, but at some point, psilocybin will become legalized as well. Yeah. And, you know, we might have to come back and record an episode if that when that happens, because that's something that I'm very much looking forward to happening in the culture. Yeah. Not only for like fun reasons, but like, you know, what we've learned about the healing powers of psychedelics in general can like basically disrupt the antidepressant game altogether, which I'm I'm here for breaking through. Yeah. And also, I think like providing other options. I think if the SSRIs are working, by all means, but I think it's very spectacular that we're getting to a point where this stuff's out in the open and might be readily available. Could you imagine going to the doctor and them being like, we have a a number of different options for someone suffering from depression. One of them is, you know, this tried and true SSRI. And, you know, we've seen pretty good pretty good efficacy, not too many side effects, but some people do get a lot of side effects and, but you'll have to be on it probably for like an extended period of time. Or there's this other option where you can do like, you know, five months of ketamine or whatever, or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't obviously know the dosage, but then you'll be like pretty much good to go and you'll have your like wellness routine and you'll, you won't have to worry about taking something all the time. I just think that's like, that's true. That's true healing when you can actually go through something and you no longer have to keep going around it. And I feel like psychedelics, there's no more, there's nothing more representative of going through something than a psychedelic experience, whether that be a mushroom, a a ketamine, you know, an ayahuasca, DMT, like that will reveal everything to you and give you the vantage point that you need to you know, work through some of the things that you might view as your own blocks when really they're just something that need to be dissipated. Well said. So I don't know. That's really cool. I feel like the the, the psychedelic healing is something that about this time in history, I have many gripes, but that is one thing that I'm like really fucking stoked on. That's when I'm like, no, our consciousness is evolving. We are We are changing and it's evident by people's willingness and curiosity to dance with things that expand your consciousness. Because if we weren't curious about it, we wouldn't be doing it. What practices will you focus on during the hiatus? This listener is taking one too, so she's curious. Just like, let's let's give a, a salute to all the those going on a hiatus in whatever they're up to right now. We I see you. We're with you. We support. Tell me what you're going to be focusing on. Ooh, Honestly, I'm going to be focusing on just like clearing the slate for a little bit and experiencing what that's been like, because I don't think I've ever actually had that Mm -hmm. in my, you know, since college, maybe. But even like in college, did you do that? No. Or you took that year off or did you? No, I took a year to travel. 
Right. So it's kind of that. But I was still in school. And then I always, well, I always did summer courses because I did like the math and the science and all of the hard class, hard to me classes in the summer so that I would get a better grade (laughs) because it's like apparently Mm -hmm. there's some myth about like if you took it at the community college, it's like easier. I don't know. Just needed to get it out of the way. So always did that. Always had internships, then started working. And even in the, like, I think times where I was unemployed, I was always really, I was always still like trying to find the next thing like right away. So I never had a minute. So I'm looking forward to just taking some time and like figuring out where I, you know, want to put my energy to next. And and so I've been kind of designing like a little bit of like a non-plan plan of how that will look. And it's really like goes back to the basics here learned on this show. And it's like taking some space, mm-hmm. making sure I move for a minimum of 20 minutes a day. Um, journaling. I put my writing practice down for like a month and a half and I recently picked it back up and it's not easy to pick back up. Like it takes a second. And so like the other day, like it took me an hour and a half to get through my three, three pages, but I did it. Whoa. I just like kept get just like kind of letting myself get distracted and all that, but just sort of like forcing myself to pick up the tools that I know really help me. So that's writing, that's Mm. moving. That's just like taking some time to meditate and like the least amount of pressurized way. And then I think I really want to get into posture. I think like this is my like next little deep dive. I'm so fascinated with how posture affects how we use our minds and and how it can help with aging and all of these things. So posture is my next deep dive. It's funny you're saying that because something that I've been working on with my mom through her health journey right now is her posture. When she gets really bummed about being sick, she sits like this, like I'll literally, my example, I'll just say it out loud. She hunches her head down. So it's almost touching her chest and she's just Mm -hmm. like slumped over and she's like, looks like she's unconscious, but she's not. She's just sitting in depression posture and she's hiding and she's closing down. So like, the number of times that we're like out and I'm pulling her shoulder back and I'm like, mom, you're sitting in depression posture. And then she sits back up and I'm like, you have, you can't sit like that. Yeah. We need to get her these, this strap that my mom got me that you, it's like the yoga strap, but you do it in a certain way that it like holds you up. We'll find this. Will you send me a link for that? Yeah. Cause I, I need like that. I obviously can't be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like pulling her out of depression posture. But just funny that you're saying that because it's like, she even identifies. She's like, I know. I'm like, why are you sitting like that? She's like, it's because mm. I'm depressed. And I'm like, well, sitting like that oh. is making you more depressed. So, yeah, you know, it's like you, your physical body sends the message to your spiritual and emotional body. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just super at- interested in it. And like I've gone on some Reddit holes and it's really interesting. Like the 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 videos on YouTube that I've found and the experts are all like, and this is just like my narrow search. So please guys, if you know of somebody that I need to know about, let me know. But it's all like super like bro-y, the like posture community. That's hilarious and so random. All the videos I found were like, you know, like that bro biohacker kind of vibe. Okay. Which is like not my vibe. So in case you didn't know. 
Um, so <laughs> that was interesting too. I was like, oh, okay. So posture guys. So Elizabeth's going to um, break the mold in the posture <laughs> game and be a female who's into posture. First, I'm just going to start by oh, with my own ability to stand up a little bit straighter. Yeah. No, it makes a big difference. Yeah. What about you? My practices that I will focus on during the hiatus are also congratulations, C-Trims, on taking your own. That's amazing. Yeah. To be able to do this is such an incredible uh, luxury. And I feel very fortunate to be in the position that you're describing, Elizabeth, which is like, I too have never taken a break. And I'm actually truly not taking a break. My This is this hiatus is me taking a break from podcasting, but I'm just going straight into working on my show, which I guess I'm telling people that now. Like I tell I have <laughs> I was writing a TV show for all of 2020 and I sold it to a network and now I'm writing Yay. it. So <laughs> woohoo, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's really just like I'm just gonna focus my work energy on on that. But it's like such a slow process that you know, we write a draft and then it takes like three weeks to get notes on it. And it's just like crawling through like a slow, like mud type of thing, but it's not uncomfortable. It's just like waiting. So, but I think there will come a time kind of soon in the next like few months where that's going to kind of um, speed up and heat up a little once we get to the yeah, point of having Yeah, do we have to, like, like a timeline on like it being out in the world? Like next year, like like okay. the like the fall of next year, I bet it will be being made. But I think maybe we'll shoot. I mean, I don't know. This is all like me. This is all me just like having no fucking idea because it's all up to the network. But we'll probably, I think we'll shoot the pilot by like sometime in the first quarter of next year. Mm-hmm. Basically, my timeline goal is get the pilot approved by the end of the year. So we have like three months to do that. Then shoot it in the first quarter and then have them be like, we love it. We're picking up 10 episodes. Exactly. And then then we shoot. We'll probably be like making the show like in the summer and then maybe it'll come out like next fall. I I mean, it's so hard to say like everything takes so long. Like you just said all of those different seasons. And I had this moment of like, where are we? What month is it? Like, yeah. does everybody else just have no, co- I was like, oh yeah, summer that's coming up. And then I was like, no, nope. <laughs> no, that's in like a year. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. coming up. It's not yeah. coming up at all. Uh, it's <laughs> about to be the fall and then it'll be the right. winter and then it'll be the spring and then it'll be the summer. Yes, I needed that, that reminder. That that's how seasons work. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's, but my, my practices around that. And I think I kind of mentioned this on the Ambi episode, because like when you're working on something like this or like that, you know, the discipline of work is something that I've always kind of not like understood because I I live in my like right brain so much, but then I have like this like drive, like I have that, I will always work towards work. So I'm constantly trying to like navigate how that looks for me. And so I think my practices is just finding a really good groove of the balance between like working on that and writing and then also doing nothing because I have like, even though I love doing nothing, I also have a lot of like guilt about it. And so like for me, movement is so important. I've been doing the class Remember we did the class at Wanderlust and I fucking, yeah. I like hated it so much. I like, I it, I wasn't here for it. It was like too fucking like frou-frou for me. I just like wasn't, 
vibing. And my cousin Brady was like, I can't believe you don't like the class. Like, just doesn't make any sense. It's so up your alley. And I think just like maybe the teacher we had or something, you know, it's so dependent on like personality. Yeah. Or like mood at the time. At the like, time. You're just not in the mood to like move your arms that much for that long. Literally. Or like let <laughs> loose or like, I don't yeah. know. I just wasn't vibing on it. But then I started doing it again recently. And it's been like so transformational for me. Just like making noises and like free movement and like hard fucking structural planks and shit that like I yeah. don't want to do. But so getting strong again, because I feel like I kind of like the past few months have really fallen out of exercise because like of everything with my mom, like that has just been like a lot of like reassessing reality. You know, I've been like going mm -hmm. back and forth to New York. Like I'm like by coastal now fucking. So it just was hard to keep practices that make a difference when like my world literally fell apart. Yeah. But so exercise is like the most important thing for me. And then writing is really important, obviously. But again, like same with this, same with comedy. It's like I have to separate like the writing for work and the writing for clarity and the writing for expression because it's like writing a TV show is me expressing myself. But then there's also just like me and my feelings. So like I lay on my fucking PEMF mat. I go to a different universe. My thoughts get like very clear. And then I just like write how I feel about everything in my journal. I guess my practices is just balancing like a new type of work with also like taking a lot of time for self-care because it's funny doing a show on self-care. You'd think that we were like pros in the game and people are always asking us for tips and all this stuff. And like, I know all the things to do, but I don't always do them. And like when things get hard or things change, it's hard to like tether yourself to those practices. You just like literally want to crawl in a hole and like disappear. And so kind of gently nudging myself out of the hole and into that place is where I'm going to be just like focusing and kind of being like radical about it. Like I have to work out. I have to walk, you know, like for me, it's like the energy and motion thing that is most important right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like not smoking weed during the day. <laughs> That's a really important thing. Yeah. That was a long-winded answer, but it's kind of complex because there's like many moving parts. And that's another reason why I feel like this hiatus is so important because I don't like feeling like I need to like shoehorn things into my life. I don't, I, I feel like juggling things is one thing. And I think both of us as like manifesting generators are really good at like doing multiple things. But there are times in your life when you need to like balance the skills and put something down to put more energy into something else. And for me, that's like what this moment is right now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just good timing too. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that everything was going to happen with Jill. You yeah, know? of course. That shit is um, I think we did a nice job of, of discussing all of the wonderful memories that we have. And I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but um, I know. I don't want to, I don't want this to end, but I know, Seth. I do want to say, yeah, I do want to, I put together just like a little, just thoughts. I, there's so many people who were such important roles in the growth and the development of this show. Like, yes, this is like an hour show once a week, but there's so much that happens behind the scenes 
that mm-hmm. brought us from, you know, this like fun little side project idea into like a full-fledged business. And it, there was just like countless people who just kind of like helped guide us along and like kind of like gave out their hand when we needed it. And we're so generous and there's a lot of them. So I'm not going to go through all of them because I'm afraid I'm going to miss somebody. Every single guest that we had helped me this mm-hmm. show what it is. And yeah. guys, there's so much minutia involved in putting a show out every week. And there is no way that this could have happened without Haley Allen. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. She started off as our intern and just like anybody who's ever emailed us, anything that's ever been arranged on our behalf, she was the person who made it happen for us. And I'm so grateful for all her time and her wisdom and her smarts and her creativity and her effort. Like, wow. Yeah. Just been such like a silent third host really (laughs) making this happen. And so I just wanted to celebrate her. And then obviously it goes without saying our listeners Mm -hmm. are just so special and um, just so thankful for every message and email and note. Yeah, just, you know, every single time somebody came up and said hello, it just was never lost on me. It always really meant so much, especially when this show was just like an idea and a hope and a, you know, a prayer. Yeah, truly. (laughs) And we just kept going with it. And I'm so proud of of us. I'm proud of all of us. We've all done a really good job. Good job, guys. Great, guys. Good (laughs) job. (laughs) So we will be around, you know, we'll be on Instagram. Yeah. Um, We'll be, you can always email us. We are here for you forever and always. And we're looking forward to what comes next. And I'm sure it'll be something really fun and interesting. If I may say so myself. I concur. Um, Yeah. Just like, thanks for fucking sticking with us, guys. It's, it feels like we're all like a little secret family. Yes, uh, most definitely. And I don't know if I said our producer, Christiana, but thank you. Thank you. Love her. Thank Thank you you so much. I love your award season thank you speech. I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to forget somebody. (laughs) Um, Guys, no, thank you so, so much. We love you. Yeah. Love you. We're here for you always. And the catalog lives on. She does. So if you're feeling like a revisit, please go ahead. Keep on learning. Keep on exploring. Keep us abreast of 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 what you're discovering, because now we're going to need people to lead us into the discovery journey as well. Nama, don't stop listening. (laughs) Okay, I guess that's it. Oh, my God. I'm having a real moment. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Ah, bye. It's me, Falcon. I'm out. See ya. Should we press stop? Yeah. Is this when we do it? Okay.